Hello, one and all. Welcome back. It is us, Catherine and Elise. We are here. Um, Today we're going to talk about a movie called Drive Me Crazy. From Mm -hmm. came out in 1999. I had seen this movie before a couple years ago. We're really at a common theme. I've seen this movie before a couple (laughs) years ago, and I'm now revisiting it. Stars Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian. Jury's out on how to pronounce his name. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like the French way because it's just so hilarious. And I'm pretty sure he does say it, Grenier, maybe, but that's the only way I've heard it. But I really like the idea of rolling up with, like, a highly French-accented version. <laughs> he doesn't speak a word of French, but he just had someone train him to say yeah. it the French way. Exactly. I like that thought, too. I, I like that thought. Um, yeah, we watched it. Its name was changed to match the Britney Spears song, You Drive Me Crazy. Mm-hmm. The stars starred in the music video. We had a little cross-pollinating of publicity there yep uh unlike the song the movie has not become a classic yeah so i think britney's the real winner in all of this exactly she has <laughs> one out um we will be discussing why we think it may not have entered the 90s canon yes um, the classic 90s canon um personally i like it a little unhinged but i like it yeah um, same so it was guess, a roller coaster. <laughs> it is. It's a, and that's our favorite kind of movie to watch and talk yeah. about. I want to be confused from start to end. It was a roller coaster where it was a straight down drop at the beginning, like no climb up, <laughs> and then it was flat for the middle part, straight down again. So it was yeah. kind of functional roller coaster. <laughs> they dropped you down. They made you walk about three miles, and then they just <laughs> pulled you up by a rope around your ankle, like. <laughs> oh my god yeah the whiplash i got from this movie yeah. um anyway oh man. That you, <laughs> i would recommend watching it at the moment it's on stars uh mm-hmm. if you have that subscription it's probably other places too um check it out if you like drive me crazy but um let me give you a little synopsis so the movie centers on melissa joan hart's character nicole and adrian's character chase and they are next door neighbors. They used to be really good friends. And in Nicole's words, then junior high happened. And Nicole is this popular girl who's really involved in all the school activities. And Chase is this alternative boy, out boy, would be an <laughs> e-boy today. He really would. He would. He would. Um, He'd be on TikTok doing the bath. <laughs> No, no, he wouldn't do the ass. He'd go on TikTok and he'd he'd do that. He'd do the lip bite. He would be a lip bite boy. Oh, he would. Okay, yeah, that's okay. We've settled it. <laughs> no question for me, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, Chase is dating an equally alternative girl, as framed by this movie named Dulce, and Nicole is vying for the affections of this super average-looking jock named Brad. And then Nicole is kind of scheming socialite scheming socialite as her friend describes her trying to win brad's affections and have him ask her to the centennial dance which is this big event coming up that nicole's playing a big part in planning and then he quote-unquote falls in love with a rival cheerleader nicole is absolutely devastated so she's trying to find another guy to take her to centennial and then she realizes that chase 
could be a great option because, surprise, Dulcie breaks up with Chase because he's not interested in the Animal Liberation Front, aka Alf, <laughs> and Chase wants her back. So they decide to team up. Nicole will hopefully win Brad back and Chase will make Dulcie jealous enough to have him back. But they end up first developing a friendship and then they fall in love. So the movie ends. Oh, they... How does the movie end? Wait, we gotta oh see God. how the movie <laughs> We gotta see how the movie ends. We'll get more, more into this later. But yeah. the movie ends. Chase and Nicole are kissing on Chase's porch and Chase and Nicole's parents, well, they're Chase's dad and Nicole's mom because Chase's mom has died and Nicole's dad is estranged. Mm-hmm. They are an item. Mr. Hammond and Miss Maris, they're an item. And then Nicole and Chase are broken up mid-makeout to find out their parents have just been together. <laughs> and Nicole says, great. We're, you guys think about that. We're going to think about it in the treehouse. See ya. Then it's curtains. That's the thing. That's the movie. <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> so, uh, Cut to black. Cut Actually, to black. No, it's more of a fade, I guess. They, it it's, a, a it's a gentle pull of the camera and then fade to black. Emotionally, it was a cut to black. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. Anyway, Let's get comes, into it. <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> All right. Here we are. Wow. To talk What's about... This? A personal favorite film of mine, Drive Me Crazy. This movie so... I had not seen this movie before you had told me about it. I loved it. And also, may I pose my biggest question? Were the 90s a real time? Did they exist in this timeline? Good question. Big question. <laughs> um, results inconclusive. Anyway, it was great. I really enjoyed it. It was so good. Yeah. This movie, <laughs> I find... Yeah, so I did a little poking around. So this excellent. Okay, let me start by the startling thing I think about this movie is that no one seems to have heard of it. And yeah, like that's, people who were yeah, yeah, people who were teenagers in nineteen ninety nine probably knew it and watched it. I don't really know anyone mm-hmm. who's a teenager in nineteen ninety nine. I'm trying to think if I would know anyone. I'll I'll think of someone and reach out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think um, I know anyone. Yeah, oh no, my cousin the, was probably of its sort of teenage age maybe i could ask okay them. ask them yeah um yeah but since then i feel like there are loads of like 10 things i hate about you 90s mm-hmm. rom-com most people have heard of it not everyone has seen it but most people have heard of it this one erased off the face of the earth i didn't understand yeah, yeah. so that's one thing uh, the reason why i originally watched this it was on netflix at one point like a couple years ago and my friend and i saw it and um we're like what a star-studded cast melissa joan hart Adrian uh, Grenier or Grenier, depending on what. Wait, what only say it is. in the French way. <laughs> oh, yes. Anyway, but I was like, what a star yeah. cast. Let's watch oh, it. Dulcie, um, the girl who plays Dulcie, is Brooke from Legally Blonde. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> so true. Star studded. That's what we mm-hmm. got to say. And most of the like press that I found about this was that it was something that had yes. been done um, yeah. and unoriginal, etc. Yeah. I think for the most part that is true of this movie. There are some fun little flashes of just deranged acting yes. um, and deranged storylines that are fun. 
but I think that the movie, yeah, generally unoriginal. And then in the last 15 minutes, just like goes to a Oh, yeah, it place. went off the rails. And I, it, it's funny because most <laughs> I feel like you can kind of get a sense for when they're about to just like absolutely go batshit. But this one, yeah. it was the last like 15, like for me, it was the last like five minutes almost because I was just like, wait a second. Yeah. Like that was, <laughs> it just ends. This movie just ends on this very like strange the whole thing with the mom and the dad of the two main characters yeah. like I was just like where did this come from I guess it kind of hinted at it at the beginning but I had no idea that they would follow through with it and then it just ends and they're like well, I guess that's fine we're step siblings now like <laughs> yeah for me the weirdness really started when what's his name Chase and Dulcie were at a coffee <gasps> shop coffee bar I don't know Every, like, venue that they went outside of school, I was like, is this a bar? Is this a club? Is this a concert venue? Is this a coffee shop? I really There was definitely talk. a bar. At least but one bar. Were... <laughs> it, yeah. I commented, I, um, for the, I watched, on my third reading of this movie, um, I watched, like, 15 minutes with my mom, and I was commenting, like, who in high school was going to all these concerts yeah. in dive bar <laughs> venues first you couldn't exactly yeah like, i was just gonna say they wouldn't let you in maybe they have fakes maybe they don't have fakes <laughs> we'll let it slide anyway yeah dulcie and chase are in this coffee shop and they have this like 45 second conversation just looking at each other like they don't speak they just look at each other <laughs> and chase like shrugs at one point and then dulcie starts crying and then he yeah. leaves oh my god that was the first point that i was like <laughs> that was a little weird what like i guess that they weren't they were pretty involved and yeah that's how they ended their yeah. relationship that they just looked yeah. at each other and then one of them she's cried. like all right bye. yeah and then second point of being unhinged like chase they unveiled the statue the big <gasps> thing and chase is they sitting on top of an it. elf on the shelf right there like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god chase on the spear i was i was dying because when elf i saw that shelf. i was like how did he get up there but also second thing that came to mind was elf on the shelf he's just sitting up there like a crazy little <laughs> dude <laughs> he really was i was so and unhinged then, and then and then he slid yeah. down the hole also which he turns his back so it obviously wasn't yeah. him but like and like my other question other unhinged question what school is this and what kind of funding are they getting because this is not public school funding it's true and it didn't seem like in step with the how nice the school no. was like it wasn't, wasn't like the school was a sight right. to hold. i guess they had i guess it's more than a homecoming dance or anything like that though like it, it is a centennial yeah. so maybe they got they had been like fundraising for it for a long That's time because i was so surprised when they were asking still. um uh what's her what's the main character's name uh what is the main character's name <laughs> Nicole. Nicole. When they were asking you, Nicole, how much <laughs> left is left in the budget? And she's like sixteen thousand something, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god! They had a lot of big sales. Freaking, that's an endowment. Like what? <laughs> yeah, for real. So for real. I propose that we yeah. answer all of these questions of like, why is this movie so unhinged? With mm, is the '90s, and then I feel like that's the could... '90s, baby. I feel like that could cover a range of explanations. Uh, I'll allow it. Yeah, but it is, it's, it's, it's very unhinged. Um, oh my gosh, we're not even done with talking about the unhinged ending. Oh my god, no! Okay, we're... yeah, we gotta come back to that. <laughs> it's not even, we're not even at the start. And then, Ray, also Ray, 
underrated hot guy. In yeah, show. he was. Those sunglasses that he was wearing in the principal's office with yeah. the sweater. Like, Oof. and let me just say, this movie made me really, really, truly realize how much 90s fashion is like back in right now. Um, because yeah. half of these kids looked like they stepped out of a TikTok. Literally, yeah. And I wonder what our perspective would have been watching it 10 years ago. Oh, it ago. would have been like... I think it would have been really Ew, what is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that was that was very funny to me. But yes, Ray was... I liked Ray. I vibed with yeah. Ray. Ray, nobody was recognizing him for what really counts, mm-hmm. aka his mm-hmm. looks. Um, that's all men are good for. <laughs> and nobody recognized it. And yes. then he like makes that exit with nicole and then chase is walking over to her and like has this confrontation with his dad Mm -hmm. but for what his dad was invited to be there and chase is dumbfounded yeah his dad a parent who is invited to this day and his dad is all weird and defensive dancing yeah what are you doing (laughs) which i think is like i guess they were setting up that he was uncomfortable about that his son didn't know the dramatic irony that his son didn't know that but the funniest part is that i think we the audience didn't really know either like that wasn't exactly where my mind went because again like at the beginning of the movie where chase pours himself a bowl of just neon colored cereal and then turns to camera and goes "Mm, got milk Mm. (laughs) yeah aggressive 90s i'm offended um anyway so he looks out the window and his dad's getting milk from uh nicole's mom next door and then he's like bring the milk home dad and so you kind of like get the vibe that there's something going on but like it wasn't followed up enough to where i was totally seeing the ending coming like they didn't establish it in any significant way no and in what world I guess maybe they were in cahoots secretly for mm-hmm. a long time. And I mean, we did get the hint, n- not not a strong hint, but a small hint when her um, Nicole's mom said, oh, I heard you're going oh, out with yeah. Chase. Is that mm-hmm. true? And Nicole's like, what's it to you? Mm-hmm. And Nicole's mom says something like, he's too tall for you. I don't think he's right for you. Something oh. like that. Which I guess was her trying to say, I'm dating his yeah, dad. Right. But it seems like a rash step to move in with someone one when you already live next door and two your kids are moving out in less than a year why wouldn't you just hold off until they left (laughs) like chill that makes no sense to like uproot your kids for six months before they go to college no i i totally agree i felt like it was just kind of an unnecessary storyline because it doesn't like because of the way that they placed it which was literally at the end of the movie like what are we supposed to read that as? And especially the fact that Chase and yeah. Nicole are like, mm, okay, whatever. We're going to go make out in the treehouse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it was trying to tell us about the storyline. It was too much to handle in the last five minutes of a movie. Like that was, you can't do that to your audience. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't even feel like a setup for a no. sequel or anything, which normally that's what it is when you kind of drop a bomb like yeah. that at the end. Like what would a sequel of this yeah. had been? They live across the hall from each other and like make out at night. I and then they it. go like, home and their parents are living together. Yeah. It was based on yes, a book. It was called How I Created My Perfect mm-hmm. Prom Date. So I don't know if there's a sequel to the book. That's something I guess we have to research. Yeah, I did um, a little bit of Googling with that, uh, mostly because okay. the original title of that book was Girl Gives Birth to Own Prom Date. That's what it was supposed to be. That's what I thought. Yeah, it was supposed to be. Um, publishes that which was a super weird vibe especially because like in the 90s there were these really like high profile 
media frenzies around um, girls giving birth at prom or in particular just one girl I think but it was like a whole media thing in the 90s but yeah it's an interesting this the book was written by this guy Todd Strasser and I think he does a bunch of other kind of like YA one-off type books I don't remember seeing a sequel listed uh, to the to the book that this movie is based on, so I think it's just <laughs> I think he just wrote this book. He said, yeah. "I love it. That's enough. My magnum opus." Yeah, no it was, I, I thought that was interesting, especially when they were like, "Yeah, based on the book." I was like, "This was a book." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about so that. So true. Yeah. Strange. So, um, speaking of men who participated in the making of this work (laughs) the director because we love to talk about Mm. male directors was a guy called john Mm -hmm. schultz who most importantly um was the director of the christmas prince oh my god is that a hallmark one um no oh my god no it's um it's a netflix movie that i don't remember when it came out maybe three years Uh ago it is like the most typical rom-com of all time. This girl goes, meets a prince. I don't even remember how. Meets a prince and guess what? They fall <laughs> in love and get married. And she's just a down-home gal. Um, but just wanted to flag that for later use. If we ever talk about the Christmas <laughs> prince, we can talk about his origins. Excellent. Yeah. Did you find anything else yeah. about oh. uh, the director? He did some other mm-hmm. things. Nothing I had seen. He did one um, Disney Channel original mm. movie called Adventures in Babysitting, but I ha- was not familiar. Am not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> he also directed one of the Judy Bloom okay. movies. Um, I find it interesting that so yeah. many of the directors that we have engaged with so far, and by many I mean like probably two because half of them are Vince, but... <laughs> Um, it's interesting to me that a lot of those directors are kind of in the world of like young adult teen movie franchises anyway so it's it's like they're kind of just in there and so they I don't know if they get sort of passed around between these uh, movies Um, especially because yeah so many of them are like these middle-aged guys so it's just I'm fascinated by this this phenomenon this whole kind of like inner circle of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> these directors who who make movies for a young audience again we've talked about it before we'll talk about <laughs> it again uh some weird just listen you can make up your mind how cynical to be yeah. about it <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i forgot about another unhinged part oh, at yes. the end you know when they get out of the car get out of the limo mm-hmm. i guess um and Chase says, like, wow, I've never been walked to my door oh, before. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nicole says, well, I guess I'm the guy. Then. Yeah. I went to the limo. I guess I'm the guy. And she, he says, well, I guess I'm the girl. And then they, like, stagger themselves on the steps so that she he's shorter yeah. than her. And then he adopts, like, this quote-unquote girly right. voice. And <laughs> it's like, well, Nicole, I had a lovely Oh, God. Night. It's unsettling. <laughs> unhinged so weird Uh, i don't i did not like that it made me uncomfortable like i was like what are you trying to do here i don't know 
You can't yeah. understand why they did this. Why they like went in this direction. I mean, the last, the first time I watched it, my friend and I just spent like the last 10 minutes screaming. Because <laughs> we were just like, what is happening? Yeah. What? And again, it was such a typical like teen romance until it just went, yeah, off, went off the rails. rails. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wondered, I didn't know what to think about it. Like I, I, I almost like when I was trying to do my notes and like process this movie, I felt like I didn't have very much to say because I was just like, I really know how to like formulate a thought about this movie in that like it is pretty bog standard teen movie up until the last 15 minutes where it just like pulls the rug out from under you and doesn't explain anything yeah and and I just are we just supposed to be like "Hmm, that's goofy and then like move on with our lives and the abruptness of Nicole going yeah well, you think about it here. We'll think about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. See ya. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it. Um, is that just part of the '90s? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I people just became unhinged by 1999. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I I'm encountering say? a mental block about that part. I don't know. Do you think? <laughs> do you have any theorization on that? Because I literally cannot offer anything. Like I have no. <laughs> I have no explanation. I really do. <laughs> Again, I don't know if it like they got towards the end. They were doing all their editing, and they were like, "This is such an unoriginal, typical mm. teen movie. We need to do something. Mm. We need to do that's something." That's kind of that's a good explanation. And I like that. It was yeah. Let's maybe they just it was a choice right. to go unhinged, an artistic choice. My other theory is that they just thought that this yeah. was normal. Listen. <laughs> This movie was made in a post-Clueless ah. world. And after Clueless, step-siblings were fair game. Dude, wait, I didn't even think about <laughs> that. Oh my god, you're so right. Like, yeah. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> uh. They're not even legally step-siblings oh, yet. no. So. I think that's totally it. Oh my god. What wait. other explanation is there that they were just like, wait, this I is think you're funny right. that... that uh, step siblings could be like romantically involved and I'm not like that's just a weird place to go people had to make exceptions for Paul Rudd yeah. and then you can't have a double standard that's you know? that's true and uh and then you know later on gossip girl picked up that torch and really yeah. really ran with it <laughs> clueless walked so that gossip girl could run oh my god do you know who else walked so someone else could run Yes, tell me. Noah, Adrian tell me. Grenier walked so Noah Centennial could run. The vibes are the same. And we Okay, no. To be honest, I'm gonna disagree okay. with you there. I'm gonna the weirdest thing not the weirdest thing. So I think most people know him from Devil Wars mm-hmm. Prada. Um very good looking man. Would I ruin my career for him? Maybe. <laughs> uh but the the weirdest he really embodied like an awkward dejected teenage yeah he boy. really he went there but it, it, it was so awkward did you, he yeah. was so awkward did you see him walk into that gap dragging his dude feet yes I was, was physically 13? uncomfortable yeah, yeah. did Every you wait did you see who was awkward. the yellow turtleneck moment that we got we got <laughs> that was my favorite um so take away from him being an awkward when you saw some of his mannerisms and how he walked, it was like, this man is a deeply awkward teenage yeah. boy. But then he was so good looking that you like, 
he got that's I mean I think that's the lesson in general because his friend Dave was trying to get in with the popular mm-hmm. crowd for so long and frankly Chase much more awkward yeah. did know about sports so that really mm-hmm. got him in but just as better looking um that's pretty much it yeah but yes I'd like to go back to talking about the turtleneck <laughs> because I've got a lot of questions why is that a turtleneck that he owned <laughs> that baby yellow turtleneck that I really hope so <laughs> You just see Nicole for a second yeah. watching him, but it seems like she would have been like, what in the I, fuck are you doing? And there was like, I think he was, was he wearing a fanny pack around it? With <laughs> styled with a fanny pack or some kind of belt. Like he had something around his waist. I think he did. <laughs> and frankly, his whole like post breakup sequence, mm-hmm. immaculate. Because he does, <laughs> he like drags his feet through the hallway yeah with his and the backpack low, kicking his backpack <laughs> he looked like he was four yeah. yeah and his shoes are like partially untied he just looks so unkempt <laughs> and messy and he's like looking longingly at the door to the closet where he and Dulce used to make out like it was that was good oh and when his dad came in and he was like are you hot yeah <laughs> it's 9 p.m and you haven't gotten out of bed for a moment I was like I want what he yeah. has maybe that's just a depiction of my exhaustion but um and then yeah he goes isn't the correct question to ask son are you ill <laughs> and then his dad goes well are you and chase goes no he mopes so well he's a good moper i found that um mm-hmm. the actor because i remember in the worst product he does it really well he plays the part of like really mopey <laughs> annoying boyfriend well too so i think that energy can be directed in two ways and on a grown man it is not okay so <laughs> so true my friend once saw him in a restaurant oh, in no way she immediately texted him, texted him. <laughs> she immediately texted me because listen i i can't say anything except for that's a good looking guy there you go yeah he's he that's he's got that him. like i think very 90s kind of vibe and I, I think he does have a couple like yeah. pretty good quips you know um and I probably would I, it would probably work on me so you know that voice messages that voice message she leaves for Dulcie when she her answering machine is like gotta tell me three things that suck about high school and he, he gives her the three things and I'm like I mean that might have worked on me like I'm not gonna lie yeah he was prepped yeah. and ready He's ready to go. And I got ready I got mad about that because I was like, man, didn't really want that to work. So, but we got to talk about the makeover because the makeover was not a makeover. It was oh, yeah. a bad makeover. He got he got a dad makeover from the Gap. I wasn't. I gotta tell you, I wasn't that mad at him. Really? Well, I, I think we're gonna have to really disagree. <laughs> okay, listen. First of all, I think that they didn't give him a fighting chance because they had him go in in the worst outfit. That's true. To the makeover, yeah. like he looked the worst he had looked the whole yeah. movie leading up to then when they went into the mm-hmm. gap. I didn't love all of his looks, but I loved the layer. The layering, I could, yeah, <laughs> but the, it was the hair for me that they did it. It was a crime against his hair. I, the gel was a oh, bit was too so much. Bad. When it was ungelled, I was okay yeah. with it. The hair that was a crime <laughs> was, you know, when Nicole's looking through the yearbook and she comes across this picture? Yes. What was wrong with his hair then? That was a Okay, like, I have to say that yearbook picture of him was like my sleep paralysis demon. Like, it's like that. Like, I was disturbed <laughs> by what he looked like in that picture. That was wrong. 
It was so You didn't bad. look right. And it looked like they were trying to say that, like, oh, he used to be ugly, and that's why Nicole wasn't interested right. in him, and now he's changed. But they never addressed no. that. They never, like, Nicole never says, like, or seems like an easy way to do that would have been, like, her friends saying, oh, he's glowed yeah. up. And then he glowed up even more when you made him over, because clearly that's what they, yeah. anyway. But no mention of it. He, yeah, he looked, <laughs> sleep paralysis demon, good Good. Yeah, it was his eyes were weird. That's what got me out. Like, oh no, he's looking at me. <laughs> yeah, and he had this weird, like overly cheesy mm-hmm. grin. I guess listen, my school photos never looked that good. I don't but... even want to think about mine. I just go, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I saw mine because like a couple years after oh yeah, I was looking for that video to mm-hmm. send to you. Um, and I was looking through my Snapchat memories and I took a photo of the proofs of my (laughs) photos and so like a lot of our senior photos were like normal Mm -hmm. and just yeah they put you in a cap and gown whatever senior senior year of high school um and then my mom apparently paid for like a portrait package (laughs) so first of all I didn't know that they were going to take full body (gasps) photos so I was wearing like a blazer Mm -hmm. and a nice top and a nice necklace and had done my hair and then on the (laughs) I was wearing like cut off jorts. <laughs> no! Oh my god. Anyway, um, yeah, didn't look good. <laughs> didn't look good. It was very bad, in fact. That's, um, that's so hard. I can't hate on Chase too yeah. much. But the hair in that photo was just. It is not good. It's not a look. He had perfected the hair. He did that to him. By the... <laughs> yeah. By the beginning of the movie, like that was that was his look and. I have to wonder, I guess, because I didn't like the makeover so much, I was very not into it. Um, I was thinking about the difference between, like, the the makeover when it is applied to a female character versus a male character. And when it's for girls, typically it is kind of, you're making over someone to make them more desirable. And so they automatically look better. They take off their glasses. The music plays and the makeover sticks too. They they continue that look for the rest of the movie. But I felt like in this case, and I don't know of any other movies that do kind of like a male makeover sort of thing. But in this movie, at least it was made for irony. So like he comes in, and I at least didn't care for it as much. And so he looks worse. But it's fine because it's ironic and it's funny. And really, he already knows who he is, and he's like already self-actualized as a as a dude, and so he doesn't have to change all that much because it. And then in the end, you know, he kind of like, I don't know. I feel like he goes back to looking more the way he did, but a little bit more polished. Yeah. But anyway, I felt he meets in the middle. Yeah, but I felt like it definitely more than for female characters. Like he doesn't need the appearance based change in order to like truly discover himself. Um. And I feel like for female characters, that's more often what happens. This is like, you have to have the makeover in order to know who you truly are <laughs> like, and yeah. know that you're desirable. No, there was, yeah, yeah, there was definitely no mental component mm-hmm. to this makeover. Like it wasn't, he didn't feel different. He didn't act differently. Right. I mean, he acted a little bit differently, but I don't think that was to do with the makeover. Right. I think it was a uh, gradual thing. But I think my favorite part of the makeover was that Ray thought it was a yeah. joke and kept laughing and being nice like pants. putting signs on the bus. Yeah. Ray was I I loved Ray. I thought Ray was pretty good. Other than like creepily looking at Nicole's halter top through the camera. He, that yep. part not so much. 
Like, that would not have been a functional school outfit. No, it absolutely would not have been. Um, Yeah. It was... uh... (laughs) She chose fashion over function on that one. But yeah, that whole conversation she has with Alicia, she's telling Alicia um, that she, like, didn't sleep because she stayed up all night making a, a model for Centennial. And so she, like, mapped everything out. And Alicia was like, you didn't sleep? You're supposed to sleep. And she, and Nicole's looking in the mirror and she's like, I'm a freak, aren't I? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how we got to this point in the conversation. No. And, and your friends, Alicia says like, no, you're just yeah. focused. It was really weird. I It was an odd way to start off the movie. Um, yeah. It also felt like that was the beginning of the showing off that, like Nicole isn't like the other popular Well, yeah, girls. so that yeah, that's another thing. I wasn't sure how to read the like other girl, not like other girls thing in this movie because it yeah. appears, but I was I wasn't sure how to read it, so I'm wondering if maybe we can help each other on that cuz I yeah. yeah. I also considered that we all know that um the killing the not other girls um trope is a mission is my holy yeah, we're grail. We're gonna mention my it quest for the holy on grail. every episode of this podcast. Every episode, because I think well, about it all the time. That's up in my. It brain. structures every single female character that appears in these movies. I would argue. I don't think that there is yeah. a movie that does it that is like mainstream. It's not operating on this. Like I'm not like other girls because, to an extent, as a protagonist, like you kind of have to be like a little different in order to be the main character, I guess. But like the the means by which they go about doing that is this not like other girls shorthand, which most of the time just ends up sucking because it it sucks. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, my thoughts on not like other girls in this particular film. So yeah, you had a lot of. I can't tell if they were trying to fit into the Not Like Other Girls storyline mm-hmm. or if they were trying to diverge mm-hmm. from it. And let me explain my evidence. First of all, you have that comment that, oh, I'm a freak, mm-hmm. aren't I? That you're like, okay, she's this overly passionate, quote unquote, like whatever. That is a kind of othering right. her from girls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> from most girls. Um, and then. You also have that moment, oh, and you had the time, which wasn't necessarily separating her from girls so much as, like, the popular crowd Mm -hmm. that Chase talks about that when they didn't have to give Valentines, like, obligatory Valentines to everybody in the elementary school Mm -hmm. class, that Nicole still gave one to Dave, and that he remembers Mm -hmm. that. So that's another point. And then there's this interview that chase does with the yearbook staff that they ask him what his perfect date is i quoted that shit because it i wanted to throw my computer at the wall go ahead and say it i know made me mad listen if you have the quote it's there but they ask him what his perfect Mm -hmm. date is as in a person Mm -hmm. yeah yeah let me let me read this let me read this out and then you can go on your merry way um (laughs) so the yearbook girls come up to him asking what's your perfect date and he's like uh activity or person i'm like <laughs> anyway uh one of, gr- one of the girls says activity and the other girl says person because i think they're kind of like trying to catch his vibe um anyway yeah. he says she's the kind of girl who will call you on your bullshit she's not afraid to dance she offers to pay she doesn't decide before a date whether she's going to kiss you or not she's not completely earnest yet she's not completely ironic either 
she orders dessert and she can be ready in 10 minutes and I'm like <laughs> I just well you just described what did you just no describe one. exactly a nebulous cloud of cream. woman like, is this old <laughs> literally yeah and that is the like yeah that is the epitome of the not like most girls yeah. narrative that oh she's ready in 10 minutes but she looks amazing and she'll dance wherever mm-hmm. and she'll be good at dancing but she'll dance wherever and she'll do this and she'll kiss she'll me be spontaneous but not too spontaneous yeah like and she'll assert herself but not too much that it threatens my masculinity mm-hmm. um it's just and so at that point i was like Ugh. yeah and then over the next over the rest of the movie they display nicole as not having any of those traits. yeah yeah it's like he kind of, except for the dancing she does right. dance. and i think the only reason he is prompted to say that is because she does kiss him at that uh concert when um dulcie comes up with her her new boyfriend her college boyfriend red flag what who's from Alf. i'm hoping she was 18 at that point i don't know anyway that was, know. That was a red flag um <laughs> and she's kind of like rubbing it in chase's face that oh, i've got this new boyfriend and then nicole comes up and like saves chase because she swoops in and like kisses him and makes dulcie jealous um which you know that's the whole thing in and of itself but chase is like that's the only reason he is prompted to explain her in this way is that she kisses him that she shows any kind of physical interest yeah and he and ray had that problematic um conversation uh beforehand where ray's like so are you getting any of the benefits of like being with this girl being like fake girlfriends with the girlfriend boyfriend with this girl so implying that like so are you guys hooking up why else would she why else would you be helping her out um i also um to interject i don't think that ray knows that they're faking being boyfriend and girlfriend he thinks they're friends okay and so like yeah, still don't love the conversation, but I think his point is coming more from, like, not that it should be transactional, mm-hmm. but, like, why are you catering to this girl's needs mm-hmm. so much when she's just one of your friends? When, I mean, from his perspective, like, I'm one of your friends, and you're not prioritizing me like you're prioritizing right. her. But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I, yeah, I, I can see that. I think it was his, like, his language was... <laughs> just like are you getting are you getting oh no he used perks which i did not like so yeah that's why but anyway um don't love it but yes i appreciate more context anyway so yeah that was that was just i was like ew and that yeah so the most girls thing i think he so that's the other thing that we're led to believe that he's talking about nicole because he might have felt sparks but also it seems like he didn't feel sparks when they kissed but she Mm. did and then so it's like, is he just talking about some random idealized girl? But then he seems to think that it is Nicole yeah. because later that night they're on the phone and he says like, oh, do you want to go for a walk? Mm-hmm. Which would fall into that like idealized girl that he's talking mm-hmm. about. And she says like, oh no, I have to get my beauty sleep. Yeah. Which especially how she's phrased that makes it much more like, yeah, I'm a high maintenance girl, which didn't fall into his description. Right. So then I was like, oh, it's confusing so then (laughs) yeah i was like are they breaking down this narrative that you can be a worthwhile woman if you're not the manic pixie dream i haven't thought about that term in a while the manic pixie dream girl um that these guys want Mm -hmm. like 
Anyway, yeah. So I went really back and forth on this. I don't have a no. Me too, because it, it's kind of like a weirdly complicated version of this. Um, I agree mm. because Nicole is kind of like a lot of different things, and I she's in op- she's placed in opposition to Dulcie because the whole point of her and Chase uh, faking this relationship is so that Nicole can go to the dance with Brad, the jock, and Chase can get Dulcie back because. It's very convoluted, I have to say, <laughs> as these plans yeah. tend to be. Um, he thinks that by dating Nicole, who's like Miss Perfect, Miss School Spirit, Dulcie, who's like a super goth girl, very kind of like goes against the grain, not like other girls, right, in her own respect, <laughs> um, would yeah. get really jealous and want to get back with him if he see- if she sees him dating someone like Nicole. So, like, that's where I started to get confused, too, because I was like, who's the other girl in this situation? <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, maybe they're just not doing anything helpful for any girl. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, Dulcie is kind of like this alternative chick uh, and and Nicole is the girl next door who does associate with the popular pretty girls. And so I, I don't know. Listen, that might, that might contribute to the theory of their like breaking down the not like most girls thing, Mm. because I think that Dulcie would define herself as being not like most girls. Nicole makes comments to her friends, like to Dulcie's friends saying, Oh, are you going to tell me that you like the Alanis Morissette album before it went platinum? Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's this very like hipster, like did it before it was cool and not participating and whatever. Um, and I feel like that kind of not like most girls thing that that kind of other other meant purposeful other meant by themselves is punished mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, whereas so maybe it's saying like you can be anyone you want. You can be yeah. the popular girl and still have substance and the girls who are not like most girls aren't necessarily who to go for this sounds bad this is not what i well right so that's the but i think that kind of illustrates the point of like i don't really know where the movie is taking us in regard to this because it's like you do get on a path where you're like maybe it is kind of saying something uh, it not like great but at least not terrible but then (laughs) i think it kind of like it doesn't work it almost it almost doesn't work uh the way that they've laid it out because like it's just yeah. I don't, again, don't really know what they're trying to tell us. And I don't think they really are <laughs> trying to tell us anything. Yeah. And maybe that means it's like a really nuanced mm-hmm. look at high school, you know? Yeah. I don't know. My other big question after watching this movie was kind of how, what makes a quote classic 90s teen movie? Because this same year you have 10 mm-hmm. Things I Hate About You and She's All That. And those are huge. Those are like quintessential 90s movies. And this one, like we've said, and like the reviews said, is really like not anything super special to the point where people don't really talk about this movie very much. And um, it misses something. I guess that's what I came away with. I was like, I don't, I'm not, there's something that that isn't there that I, I don't know, that I'd normally kind of expect from a 90s movie, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand that. I think there were so many opportunities for success. Mm-hmm. Like the electric, <gasps> that's the donuts. They were so good. Like, yeah, the donuts are like a, fa- a yeah. pretty famous band. Yeah. And like, I don't, that seems like people would watch it nostalgically. Like, yeah. oh, that's kind of, I don't know when the donuts got started. I don't know. I probably wasn't alive. I don't but, know much um, about that. That's, that, and the music was good. Like, I liked the soundtrack of this yeah. movie. It's very nostalgic and 
Um, yeah. And I really was happy. I think with it, it did. I agree. I like the soundtrack. I love the Bare Naked Ladies. I've always loved them. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a song in there. I feel like the soundtrack in many ways was very similar to 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. And I think 10 Things I Hate About You kind of had a step up mm. on the soundtrack for this movie. Um, and I think another aspect was that a lot of the music didn't really fit that well. Mm. Again, love the Bare Naked Ladies. Love that song. It's all been done. But it kind of just felt thrown in there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the music kind of started abruptly and ended abruptly. And some of the songs sounded the same Mm -hmm. and they didn't seem to add anything and then yeah some of it was kind of this like soft punk rock that was pretty prevalent Mm -hmm. at the time I'd say um (laughs) but then you had they yeah so they renamed the movie to match with you drive me crazy the Britney right yeah which is on in the movie yeah which and Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Clinier are in the music right. video Britney Spears' right. music video so there's like that connection mm-hmm. there and so they have that and then like a remix of I think I wanted that mm-hmm. way at in a party scene and then the rest of it is like lesser known soft punk. yeah and then the it's and it all, the one in the car that they're singing um the I just want to yeah. keep on loving oh you God. song I don't know what that song is yeah called, but anyway it's like they do the the reprise oh of it at the end so it's like it's yeah they sing it together it's a super popular song and chase is like you gross and then they like that's kind of their thing so but yeah so there's that one too yeah. yeah and i feel like i don't know in some ways i feel like they use the music as a representation of like they're using this pop music like you drive me mm-hmm. crazy to show like the popular crowd and chase's transition into joining mm-hmm. them and then using the quote-unquote non-poppy music to be the alternative stuff Mm -hmm. and i think the electrocutes aka the donnas were kind of a vessel for that as well that it centered around them a lot they had a lot of cameos and it ended up i think they were meant to represent like a meeting of the worlds for nicole Mm. because she had planned this whole centennial event Mm -hmm. and then there was this compromise of they brought in the music that wasn't wasn't brandy cover mass appeal with quality yeah brandy cover um yeah no i think that's a really good way of reading it and i think um yeah it kind of drives home the point of like how important music is to the storyline of of these movies especially in the 90s where you have iconic musical stories that are going on within um the movie and i agree with you and i i think you kind of hit it on the head with that some of that music just doesn't quite fit like they just throw it in there because they like need some music um yeah my biggest complaint was the lack of britney they play the opening to that song and then they don't play the rest of yeah (laughs) and i was so mad because i was like wait a second how do you call this movie drive me crazy and then play like 30 seconds of britney's song uh just exactly wrong and no one acknowledges it Mm -hmm, or anything mm -hmm. like it yeah plays for 30 seconds and then it's gone and I think they played in the credits, yeah. maybe. It doesn't exist in the... Like, yeah. you changed the whole movie name yeah. for this. Yeah, I... And I think the original name was supposed to be, like, Next yes. to Me or something. Yeah, Next to You, I think, was... I saw it in an okay. interview with Melissa Joan Hart that she did, I think, with Today. And so she had said that there are a couple different uh, titles for the movie. They landed on Drive Me Crazy. But she didn't say why they wanted to name it after the Britney song, other than that it was popular. It came out in 1999, so... I don't know. I don't know either. I, I yeah. Uh, I 
do not get it. It's really weird. But and then I was gonna ask, do you know when the music video for You Drive Me Crazy came out? Because the Melissa John Hart and Adrian Grenier is are in that video. So did that come out after the movie came out? It so. came out. It was filmed in June 1999. Oh wow! So it was it was filmed that same year. Wikipedia is saying to promote the film Drive Me Crazy, actors Adrian Clinier and Melissa Joan Hart were invited to make cameo appearances in the video, uh-huh. saying since the song had been included on the film's soundtrack. However, Clinier did not want to participate, but he did. Oh, okay. I have something on that. I, I have something on that because I, um, oh my God. it was that thing I was telling you about. It, I watched this very short, it was like a two minute interview clip of Adrian. Um, I can't do the <laughs> Adrian Grenier on Watch What Happens Live. I'm sure he doesn't say it. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of like in shock because um, it brings up a b- bigger point about Britney, but it was this really weird interview where the questions that Andy Cohen uh, asks Adrian go like this. I'm going to read them off. Uh, Did Brit ever flirt or put the moves on you when you made the video? To which Adrian says, not really, like she was filming the video um and then the reason he filmed the music video was because she agreed to do an interview for a documentary he was making on finding his estranged father and so what right so he does this interview and then he was telling it um Andy Cohen about that and so then he's asked was she a good interviewee and Adrian says she was very kind to do the interview almost implying like no she wasn't good but at least she did it (laughs) Which, that's something. <laughs> and then he's asked, what was the craziest thing you saw Britney do on the set of the music video? And um, he doesn't really have an answer to that. And, um, and then, then the last question is, you didn't want to do the video originally, but your team convinced you to do it. Are you glad you did? To which Adrian says he was glad he got the interview. Um, and so then they kind of start talking a little bit more about the documentary. It's about him finding his estranged father and... <laughs> the interview Andy Cohen asks him why do you interview Brittany for this and Adrian goes uh I interviewed her because she has father issues and I was just like so what two minute interview that was supposedly kind of about his experience filming the music video and like they could have talked about the movie ends up being this like just make fun of Brittany minute where they cater they do all these questions that cater to the stereotypes about her that you know she was a partier and that she's just trying to flirt with adrian and like she was 17 when that that song came out in 1999 i hate i hate all so of that. that's what i Ugh, was that makes me want to i be was sick. so upset and this interview was not like that long ago i might pull it up just to see because it really wasn't um it, it looked fairly recent yeah this came out in 2016 this interview was posted in 2016 and I was like, why are we believe. reproducing this narrative about Britney, who, again, was yeah. was 17 at the time of this song coming out? Yeah. <sighs> and who apparently is going to be freed. <laughs> a success. Love that yes. for her. Pretty topical um, that's, information. That's, that's good. But anyway, yeah, that all makes me. Yeah. And, and I got I was like, that's so stupid, because first of all, when I watched the music video, for it i remarked that um adrian grenier is doing the least in the video and melissa joan hart's like looking like she's having fun and dancing and the interview i watched with melissa joan hart 
she has nothing but positive things to say about her experience filming the music video and filming the movie. And like, she, you know, was not close with Britney, but like kind of, they were in the same place at the same time because they were doing promo for the, the movie and the music video together. And so, yeah. Um, so she had nothing but nice things to say, but in this fucking interview yeah. where they just like put Britney on blast, basically, I was just shocked. And this all happens in the span of like Honestly. two minutes. So it was really weird. I did not like it. It put a bad taste in my mouth because I was like, man, yeah. you're in this music video. Like, why do you have to, why do you have to say, like, you have to act like you're better than basically? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. And I'm going to perpetuate some stereotypes here, um, but it's about men. So who cares? Yeah. Um, I think this, it's something we've seen so many times before that it's this like, mm-hmm this guy who makes a documentary mm-hmm. and thinks he's better than the people who are making their money. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Melissa Joan Hart made a, um, made a career out of like teen media mm-hmm. with Sabrina, the teenage witch and this, um, and other things. Yeah. And same with Brittany. And that doesn't mean that they, the things that they produce aren't valuable. And I watched and- that music video and I was like, Brittany is fantastic. Her green shirt excellent want that green shirt i do not have the interest for it but she looks amazing at 17 deal exactly she's dealing with all this shit and she's producing music that like people still absolutely love and that are just total classics and she's thrust into this world where she has to navigate all these awful people trying to tell her that she's less than because she's just trying to do her job like i don't know how you have the guts to to act like that it's just it, no. yeah so that's why i was thinking about her so much the goal. Like, oh my god yeah the goal of yeah it, i can't believe the, the difference between those interviews was so crazy to me because again adrian grenier is just acting like he doesn't need to be there like why are you asking me about this thing that happened in the 90s i've like obviously done my art that is more valid than that just throw away um and may i say the whole like documentary thing almost mirrors the like ray's documentary that he makes throughout the movie yeah it's so edgy and so countercultural and we gotta identify the sheeple which is just so 90s these like vague rants about the state of the world (laughs) look at them drinking their mocha chinos we're gonna turn orange sprinkler water on (laughs) that'll show affecting uh meaningful change in the world so also in the 15 minutes that i watched with my mom she was like, how did they get caught with the sprinklers? <laughs> I was like, honestly, fair yeah. point. How did they get caught with the sprinklers? That is a good point. Maybe there was CCTV or something. But she, her other quip, she got up to leave and went, mm, this is pretty painful to watch and left. And I was like, that's just straight up disrespectful. That's but hilarious. Oh my God. Say what you feel like you have yeah. to. But yeah, that was, that was a whole journey that it, it took mostly just because i was so mad that there wasn't the full song in the movie yeah <laughs> i just don't know how you call the movie drive me crazy and you don't play the entirety of the britney song during the main parts of exactly. the movie or make any kind of deal about it like there was absolutely no, yeah because like no they could have in equal measure called this movie um keep on loving you or something whatever the title of that is that yeah. they sing in the car together yeah. that would have been that would have made sense would have made a little more yeah. sense yeah uh it was clearly a commercial thing. Anyway. Yeah. I think I would argue this movie has it all. The three A's of the 1990s. It has angst. It has apathy. And it has animal activism. 
and that <laughs> was just was the whole movie and I really think that yeah I had a great time <laughs> I loved it yeah uh, I agree yeah subversive it really made me think about <laughs> do we want to test for cancer treatments on rats yes but for 0.5 seconds it had me think about it <laughs> I don't Have you ever seen I don't a movie about so. Alf before <laughs> This is the real. This is the real plot. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, yeah, that's it. Love this movie. That is. Uh, would recommend. Would you recommend? I would. Yeah, it was fun. You know, it, it's a fun thing to put on when you want a '90s movie, but like you don't want a '90s movie. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> if you want some off-brand, some Safeway brand '90s movie. <laughs> this is what you can go for and it's you know ironically you have to do a free trial of stars to watch it as of right now uh, which i didn't cancel and i got charged the 8.99 fuck so now i just have a star subscription so anyway lots of good stuff on there outlander yep other stuff too, probably drive me crazy you can just watch that once a week just on repeat that yeah that's very true it's a very thought-provoking film i don't know why the critics didn't give it more of a chance i know they really didn't <laughs> unoriginal yeah, were... how dare you the whole way through yep love it anyway sure do watch this movie if you want <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening thanks for listening bye bye